Welcome to 2024. There is one rule in American politics. Everyone eventually gets what they deserve, usually in the funniest possible way. I want to show you my favorite picture of all time. This picture is from after the 2016 election when Donald Trump had just won the White House. It is one of my favorite pictures ever. Probably my favorite picture ever. It's a picture of Donald Trump giving the Trump finger to the camera. He's holding up his finger. He's talking to the media. Here I am. And next to him is Barack Obama looking like he wants to die. Because Barack Obama had a perception of himself. That perception was that he was a world-changing character who had changed the nature of American politics forever, that he was genteel, in order, a Lincoln-esque figure. And in fact, reflecting Barack Obama's feelings is a bust of Abraham Lincoln in the corner of the picture, downcast, looking at the ground solemnly as Donald Trump holds up his finger to the camera. Why do I show you this picture? Because Barack Obama got exactly what he deserved in 2016. Here he was, this supposed world historical figure, this amazing order, genteel, snazzy. And here was this supposed third-rate real estate mogul slash TV host who was taking his spot, a person who had suggested that he was born in Kenya. Everyone gets what they deserve in politics. Hillary Clinton got it that year as well. Well, this year in 2024, everyone is going to get what they deserve. Now, that's both good news and bad news. 2023. Felt like the year of the setup and 2024 is going to be the year of the punchline or a lot more darkly, 2023 felt like all the dominoes have now been set up and 2024 is going to see all the dominoes fall. Watching coverage of New Year's Eve, it was hard not to feel that all the curtains are about to be pulled back, that we've been prepped by the warm up act. The main show is about to begin. Now, hovering over 2024 is, of course, the 2024 election, and we can all feel the tension building. I understand it's January 2nd. I understand there are 11 months until the election. Doesn't matter. We can all feel the tension building up right and left. Now, the left believes that Donald Trump is the most beatable Republican candidate. They're asking for exactly what they want. They want Trump and they could get Trump good and hard. They believe the best way to beat Trump is twofold. First, delegitimize him as a human being, say that he's a fascist, say that he is a threat to democracy. And second, use the actual force of law against him. The first part, dehumanizing Trump as a human being, suggesting that everyone who disagrees with you is part of an evil agenda. You could see the entertainment characters swing into action on the night of New Year's Eve. Here were the morons over at Green Day singing their terrible song, American Idiot, which somehow is categorized as a piece of music. I don't know why. And the lead singer for Green Day has routinely changed the lyrics in order to target the right. Here is the lead singer of Green Day changing lyrics once again. I'm not part of a MAGA agenda. Okay, now no one was really under the impression that Green Day was part of the MAGA agenda, but this is what it's going to be now until election day. Get ready to be annoyed. But it's not just that. The left is also going to attempt to use all mechanisms of law to go after Trump. This is not just true of the various prosecutions that are taking place across the country in Georgia, in New York, in Washington, D.C., in Florida. It's also true when it comes to delegitimization of institutions that could stop them from going after Trump legally speaking. So over the course of the last week and a half, it turns out that in Maine, they are also trying to take Donald Trump off the ballot in the same way that the Supreme Court of Colorado took him off the ballot in Colorado, suggesting that he was guilty of insurrection. That is going to go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is then going to have to determine whether or not Trump can be removed from the ballot simply because some state official believes that he has committed, quote unquote, insurrection, despite the fact that he's never been convicted or even charged with the crime of insurrection. Well, part of this is an attempt to delegitimize the Supreme Court itself because 
Three of the justices on the Supreme Court were appointed by Donald Trump when he was president of the United States. And now Democrats are suggesting that basically every justice on the Supreme Court who Trump either appointed or who was appointed by a Republican ought to be recused from any case dealing with Trump's access to the ballot. So therefore, if Trump is not removed from the ballot, the Supreme Court is illegitimate. Here was Jamie Raskin doing this routine, the congressperson from Maryland. Should any of the justices recuse themselves? If they take this up? Well, um, finally, the Supreme Court has developed what they're describing as a code of ethics. It's not binding in the sense that they're not going to anyone else. They could have gone to, for example, circuit court justices. You, you could have had state Supreme Court justices on a panel. But so they're, they're deciding for themselves, again, whether they're in violation of their code of ethics. But I think anybody looking at this in any kind of dispassionate, reasonable way would say if your wife was involved in the big lie and claiming that Donald Trump had actually won the presidential election, had been agitating for that and participating in the events leading up to January 6th, that you shouldn't be participating. So in, he should recuse himself. He should. Oh, he absolutely should recuse himself. The question is, what do we do if he doesn't? So what's the goal of what Raskin is saying here? It's to delegitimize the Supreme Court, to delegitimize Clarence Thomas. So the left, in pursuit of getting Donald Trump, is going to suggest that if you vote for Donald Trump, it's because you're a fascist. And also, they're going to use all the mechanisms of law to target Donald Trump, which sounds an awful lot like tyranny. So they're breaking all the systems. Meanwhile, the right believes there is no way that Donald Trump or anyone else can lose to Joe Biden. Hell, many people on the right believe that Donald Trump never lost to Joe Biden in the first place in 2020. Well, that's being reinforced by Joe Biden's myriad screw-ups and clearly fading mental state. So again, New Year's Eve, all this starts to come to the fore like right away. Here's Ryan Seacrest at the 2024 New Year's Eve bash asking Joe Biden about the new year. As you look back and reflect on 2023, what sort of, of memories, highlights stand out for you? Well, one of the big highlights stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than the paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. So many people through the Midwest and, and in the center of the country, their, their factories are shipped overseas the last couple of times out, and, and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now, and uh, they've created a lot of jobs, over 14 million. And uh, I guess when I'm, I, I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. They're back. Oh, rambly McRamble face. It is not going well for Joe Biden. Every time you see a video where Jill is sitting next to Joe, it feels like you at a Thanksgiving Day event with your parents where mom or dad is starting to ramble and you just want to crawl into the earth. That's what it feels like every single time. And that's every clip with Joe Biden. Joe Biden was asked about his New Year's resolution. He went to St. Croix for a bit of a vacation because he has spent apparently something like 37% of the past year at a getaway spot. So why not? And he was asked about his New Year's resolution. His, here, here's his New Year's resolution. Joe Biden did share his yeah. New Year's resolution in uh, the Caribbean yesterday. Mm. Some reporters asked him as he came out of a fancy restaurant. And here's what Joe said. Come back next year. His year's resolution. To come back next year. What does that mean? We don't know. I don't know what it means. I think I've determined what it means. What does it mean? Stay alive. 
<laughs> that very well may be the case. Now, here's the thing. If the left believes they have to break all the instruments of government in order to stop Trump, and if the right believes that all of the instruments of government are broken if somehow Trump's loses, well, that's not a great setup for 2024. In fact, either side can lose. According to the latest polling, Donald Trump is up in the real clear politics polling average by about 2.4%. That is well within any margin of error. Virtually all polls show heavy numbers of undecided voters at this point. Some polls show high percentages of third party possible votes. Why? Because we all know this election isn't really going to be about the candidates because nothing is going to change about your perspective on the candidates. It's the very beginning of 2024. If it is Trump and if it is Biden, we know these people down to the marrow of them. No one has no opinion about Trump. No one has no opinion about Joe Biden, which means that this year is going to be largely about extraneous events. And that is why Joe Biden is in serious, serious trouble. Why? Because as I say, if all the bills are about to come due, that's not just true for politicians and people. That's also true on a wide variety of bad policy decisions that have been made over the course of the last several years. All of those bills are going to come due. We'll get to that in just one second. First, as we head into this presidential election year, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a wild ride. You already see the impacts of inflation at the pump, at the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Well, you should consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. They're saying inflation is conquered. I have some questions about that. Gold can play a role in diversifying your savings. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. This month only, when you open a gold IRA with Birch Gold, you'll get a free signed copy of my book, The Authoritarian Moment. But you need to text Ben to 989898 to qualify. Birch Gold has been the exclusive gold company of The Daily Wire for the past seven years. That's where I get my gold. You can do the same. Text Ben to 989898. Protect your savings. Claim your eligibility for a free signed copy of my book, The Authoritarian Moment, more relevant now than ever because it is upon us, this authoritarian moment. Text Ben to 989898. Get started with my friends over at Birch Gold. We'll get some more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable. But unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, balance of nature, fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that they count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's fiber and spice supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Gotta tell you, I really rely on balance of nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience balance of nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order. Plus, that free bottle of fiber and spice. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well thought out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. 
With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. So speaking of policies that are coming due, according to CBS News, just over the weekend, U.S. immigration officials along the southern border are on track to process more than 300,000 migrants in December. That's an all-time monthly high. It will likely include record numbers of families traveling with children, according to internal government data obtained by CBS News. It's also going to contain a bunch of people on the terror watch list because it literally always does. There are a bunch of young males, particularly from the Northern Triangle, but also from overseas, from abroad, who are unvetted, who are going to be let into the country. Because this is the way we have done immigration policy in this country for years, and it has greatly accelerated and exacerbated under Joe Biden. According to CBS News, the extraordinary number of migrant arrivals this month is the most dire juncture yet of a three-year-long crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. Three years long. Hmm. I wonder what happened about three years ago. Guys have any recollections? Like in January, say January 2021? Any? Oh, yeah, it's when Joe Biden became president. Well, that three-year-long crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border has strained resources in small and large U.S. communities. U.S. Border Patrol agents at the Mexican border are on course to take into custody this month a quarter of a million migrants who entered the country illegally. Their colleagues at official ports of entry are expected to process roughly 50,000 new arrivals under a Biden administration appointment system. Never, ever have they processed this many migrants, ever. In the first 28 days of December, Border Patrol agents processed nearly 235,000 migrants who crossed the southern border illegally in between ports of entry, averaging roughly 84 apprehensions every day. That's an insane number. And by the way, this number is not shocking. It is not shocking. Why? Because this has been happening consistently under the Biden administration. Border Patrol processed 127,000 single adult migrants and nearly 12,000 unaccompanied children during December's first 28 days. Now, remember, an unaccompanied child is not necessarily an eight-year-old kid. It could be a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old, which is a minor, but not quite what you're thinking of when you think unaccompanied minor, like a four-year-old walking up to the border or something. But again, look at the acceleration in the pace of monthly migrant encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border. It's absolutely wild. You can look at these numbers. This is from the Pew Research Center. And as you can see, they're at relatively normal numbers in like April of 2020. They started to go up about then, but they didn't truly skyrocket until you hit the beginning of 2021, until you hit the Biden administration. Why? Well, because Joe Biden basically sent the signal, we got an open border. And if you show up at the border, we will process you and then we will let you into the interior and we will leave you there. Which leads us, by the way, to the single greatest political stunt of all time, without a doubt. So Republican governors, Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis in Florida, they started taking illegal immigrants in their states and they started sending them to left-wing polities. They started sending a bunch of illegal immigrants to Chicago and to New York and to Martha's Vineyard. And the entire media squawked and squealed. It was, it was a violation of human rights. And no one believed that because it turns out that being put on a jet to Martha's Vineyard it's a pretty sweet deal. Most Americans would love to be on a jet to Martha's Vineyard. Sounds pretty great, actually. Most Americans are fine with visiting Chicago or New York. Here are illegal immigrants who are being shipped to America's greatest city centers, we have been told, by the illustrious media and their allies in the Democratic Party. And yet, here they were complaining about all of this. It was just, it was absolutely terrible. And it exposed, once and for all, the reality of illegal immigration, which is, it's all fun and games when everybody's being released in Brownsville, Texas. 
and taking over the streets over there and then being gradually integrated into red states. But when this stuff is happening in blue cities, suddenly you realize migrant crises, they're really bad. Again, all the chickens going to come home to roost in 2024. And you can see it on the faces of Democratic politicians who are beginning to, hey, wait a second, is illegal immigration policy maybe bad? Here is Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago, the male Lori Lightfoot, explaining that by sending illegal immigrants from Texas to Chicago, Greg Abbott is sowing the seeds of chaos, which does raise the question, how did those people get into Texas in the first place? Was that also Greg Abbott? Oh, wait, no. Texas is attempting to pass a law right now that would criminalize illegal entry into Texas as a state crime. So keep people could be arrested for that. So that Texas couldn't force the border. And the federal government is suing to stop them in the same way they did when Jan Brewer was governor of Arizona. And Barack Obama's administration actually sued Jan Brewer to stop her from enforcing immigration law in Arizona. So the federal government has a policy. The policy is we won't enforce federal immigration law. And if you try to, we will sue you. But Brandon Johnson, they're going to try to blame Greg Abbott. They'll try to blame DeSantis. They'll try to blame Republican governors. The reason you're having 300,000 illegal entries into the United States in December alone is because of Joe Biden and the federal government. Here is Mayor Brandon Johnson. This is unsustainable. Um, none of our local economies are um, positioned to be able to carry on such a mission. And what we have attempted to do um, is to create structure and some coordination around this, this humanitarian crisis. And unfortunately, uh, the governor of Abbott, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, um, is determined to continue to sow seeds of chaos. And last night and in several nights before, um, a number of buses continue to arrive in the city of Chicago and throughout the country without any coordination. Well, that sounds a little racist. So seeds, of what seeds are we talking about? Are you saying that illegal immigration into a city sows seeds of chaos? Is that what you're saying, Mayor Johnson? Why, it's almost as though there are lots of us who have been saying that mass illegal entry across the southern border is bad and breaks down the social fabric and has tremendous costs, both economically and socially, to the United States. Are you, he's allowed to say it. He's a Democrat. And not just that, he's a Democrat of color. So he's certainly allowed to say that, apparently. But if a white Republican said that, it would be racist. Or alternatively, this is all the chickens coming home to roost in blue cities. Mayor Eric Adams, same thing. In New York, they've been hit by a wave of illegal immigration. And he's like, I don't even know how we're going to pay for any of this. Yeah, we know. what. Again, it is astonishing to me that New York City, which touts itself as the financial hub, not just of the United States, of planet Earth, is saying we don't have the resources to pay for illegal immigration. You know who probably does? like a 10,000-person town in South Texas. Here's Mayor Adams. Has there been any follow-up? What do you need most right now from the federal government? Well, first of all, I want to really commend uh, my colleagues, both the mayor of Denver and the mayor of Chicago, uh, because this national crisis uh, is really impacting, and it has the potential of destabilizing uh, the financial uh, obligations that we have in our cities. And the meeting with the White House uh, I think much more could be done and with all of our national leaders from a decompression strategy to making sure the cost of this is not falling on the laps of everyday taxpayers uh, in our cities. These pictures in New York, New York City. people sleeping on the streets under American cross Red Cross blankets. Just insane. Insane. Again, this is the cost of policy. This is what happens in 2024 is going to be the year where all of it becomes perfectly clear, not just, by the way, with regard to illegal immigration. That's just one of Joe Biden's bad policy decisions that is coming to fruition right now. Also, with regard to the economy. So everybody is already whistling past the graveyard when it comes to the economy. 
Oh, we've escaped the deep recession. Oh, we've escaped the depression. Well, all we've done is we have turned the possibility of a brief shock in the economy that would have hit bottom and then skyrocketed back up basically into a long-term stagnating cycle. It's exactly what happened under the Obama administration. The Obama administration had the slowest recovery from an economic crash in American history. Extremely slow rates, economic stagnation at very high rates. That's what you're about to see from the Biden administration because so much of the growth curve that has been created was created off the back of inflationary policies and government spending. Businesses are starting to invest again, but they're starting to invest on the basis that they think that the Federal Reserve is going to cut the interest rates over the course of the next year, making for another round of easy money policies that they think is going to spur consumer spending, which, by the way, could spur inflation again, which is why there may be a disconnect between the markets and businesses and what the Federal Reserve is actually going to do. Jerome Powell knows that if he actually lowers the interest rates, there's a good shot that inflation kicks back in, especially if you do have high levels of business spending into that economy. We'll get into that in just one moment. First, listen, over the course of the break, normally, I don't get a lot of sleep. I slept pretty well. Why? Well, I didn't have to get up in the morning to do the show, but that also meant that I got to enjoy my Helix sleep mattress. I've had my Helix mattress for, I don't know, seven, eight years at this point. It is excellent. It is the gift that keeps on giving. Every night when I get into bed, I'm reminded of how great those mattresses are. Helix is now introducing their newest, most high-end collection, Helix Elite. Helix Elite harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. That Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep preferences and firmness preferences as well. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Check out that new collection today. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, there's really no need to be because they've got that sleep quiz. Again, it's going to make sure that you get the mattress you need. I got the firm but breathable mattress, which is what I needed. If it works for me, it'll work for you as well. 10-year warranty. Try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Got nothing to lose. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Start the year off right. Upgrade your sleep at helixsleep.com slash Ben. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Get some more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters, ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past that can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN, really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben, expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay. But didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? 
I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. Okay, so when it comes to the economy, one of the things that people are ignoring is how much of the economic growth statistics are tied into government spending. Alicia Finley has a very good piece over at the Wall Street Journal. And here's what she says. She says, drill into the nation's 3.7% unemployment rate. You'll find a growing welfare industrial complex beneath the seemingly strong labor market. Government social assistance and healthcare account for 56% of the 2.8 million net new jobs over the past year and for nearly all gains in blue states like New York and Illinois. Remember, government social assistance and healthcare. Those are all government expenditure programs. New York City is spending $394 a day to house and feed every illegal immigrant who's coming in, many in formerly posh hotels. The city has made itself a welfare magnet. The homeless population continues to swell as well. So many of the statistics that we are seeing in terms of GDP are jogged by the amount of government spending that is currently happening right now. Spending on Medicaid has gone up. Illegal immigration, by the way, in this viewpoint, actually helps the economy because if you are trying to increase GDP, what you do is you bring people in, you spend a lot of government services on them, and then you count that all as part of GDP. Government spending is part of the gross domestic product statistic that everybody loves to use. As Finley points out, President Biden won't admit it, but he has Republican states to thank for the increase in productive jobs in private industry. The administration's bet is government spending on welfare and entitlements can continue to power the U.S. labor market, even as job growth in manufacturing, tech, retail, and other industry flags. But social make-work projects don't improve American living standards. And this is one of the disconnects. You see so many Americans who are unhappy with the economy. And Democrats look at them and say, why are you so unhappy with the economy? Look at our unemployment rate. Look at the fact that we have good GDP statistics quarter on quarter. And the answer is, since Joe Biden took office, the American dollar, one dollar would buy you the same thing in January of 2021 that it would cost you almost a buck 20 to buy you now. That is a real increase in how much things cost. It means you need more money in order to buy the same exact things. And all of those growth statistics that are being jogged by government spending, we understand that that's going to come due on the other end in the form of either higher taxes or austerity programs that are eventually going to come due. We have trillions of dollars in unpaid federal liabilities at this point in this country. Those bills will come due as well. The disconnect is between the stats and how people feel, and people are not wrong to feel the way that they do when things cost this much more money. Meanwhile, on national security, 2024 is certainly the year that things are going to come due. One of the things that's going to come due is the emptying out of the American military. We don't have enough recruits for the American military, and the entire style of recruiting for the American military is totally off. We've spent in the wrong places when it comes to the American military. We still have the most powerful military force on planet Earth. We still have the best fighting men and women in the business when it comes to the American military. We should all be extraordinarily proud of the American military. It is also true that the United States military has been turned into a DEI enclave by a lot of the military leadership, particularly under the Biden administration, where the focus has been on how do we basically use the auspices of the single most important function of the federal government in order to press forward our left-wing agenda. This was made clear over the course of the last week by a trans lieutenant colonel named Bree Fram, who now says, at a Fortune Inc. event, dressed in the military uniform of a woman, this is a man, 
says inclusion is a national security imperative. Yes, this is where we are putting our focus on the national security imperative of making men who believe they are women feel better about the fact that they are delusional. Inclusion is a national security imperative. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using brain power. And if that brain who's going to revolutionize the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, you should want them all serving alongside me. And for your organizations, it's the same way. Those perspectives that we get from a diverse set of individuals, it's been talked about on stage a lot regarding the science behind high-performing teams. We need those perspectives. But it's inclusion that actually drives that. We need more men who believe they're women in the American military so that the drones work or some such. All of this is connected to a broader Joe Biden military policy, which is a policy of appeasement and retreat in many places, or at the very least, a policy of vacillation and wavering. So my friend, the historian Neil Ferguson, he had a, a fascinating thread at the end of the year where he talks about where America stands right now. He says future historians are going to marvel at all of this. It will seem obvious by 2033, if not sooner, that the Pax Americana, right, the idea of an American hegemony dominating the globe, faced a well-coordinated challenge from China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea in the early 2020s. The first move was the invasion of Ukraine. The second was the war of Iran's proxies against Israel. The third will most likely be a Chinese challenge to American primacy in the Indo-Pacific, perhaps if Xi Jinping is bold, a blockade of Taiwan. If, in the course of 2024, Ukraine's position becomes so vulnerable that its forces must withdraw from some contested territory, three immediate consequences will follow. First, more refugees will flow from Ukraine to Europe. Second, private investors will take their money out of Ukraine. And third, European governments will have to get a lot more serious about their own defense spending with all the obvious political headaches that implies. For NATO as a whole, to hit 3.5% of GDP on defense spending would require $431 billion more per year, nearly twice the amount all countries have pledged to Ukraine since last year. The Pax Americana seems to be ending. The fate of Ukraine, of Israel, of Taiwan hangs in the balance. I can't say I am surprised, he says. It was always very likely the overreach of the global war on terror would be requited in this way with the resurgence of isolationism. And that's what's happening inside the Biden administration. Now, the realist foreign policy that Donald Trump pursued was not, in fact, an appeasement-oriented foreign policy. The idea that Europe should pay its own way when it comes to military spending at the United States would still be a muscular player in the world was not a bad idea from Donald Trump. The idea of getting rid of NATO entirely was a bad idea, but the idea that NATO should actually be paid for by many of our allies was, of course, entirely true. They were relying on us for years to pay the freight when it came to their military spending. The problem is Joe Biden came into office and his strategy has basically been to say broad things that don't materialize in the way that he would like them to. So, for example, the Ukraine war. Joe Biden never made clear what the exact interest was in the Ukraine war. Let's say that Joe Biden at the very outset had said, listen, the interest in Ukraine is not to reverse the gains that Russia made in 2014, because those are not reversible at this point, given the state of the war. The the purpose here is to repel any future Russian invasion of Ukraine, and we will provide military support necessary to do that. Even in perpetuity, we'd be willing to do that. Right now, the broad scale perception in Russia would be that Russia is losing the war because they did. They tried to invade Ukraine. They lost. It didn't work. The United States, through its proxy in Ukraine, was able to completely degrade the Russian ability to make large-scale war in Ukraine. That is a victory for the United States. And yet somehow it has turned into a loss. Why? Because Joe Biden never anticipated and never articulated what exactly his goal was. Instead, he basically said Zelensky will establish the goal. 
over in Ukraine. And Zelensky's goal is not the United States' goal. Zelensky's goal is repel Russia from the Donbass region, from Crimea. Push them out of all of those areas. But that was never realistic. That was never going to happen. No matter how much military aid America provides, unless the United States is willing to start sending over F-16s, if that's not going to happen, there's no way to break the blockade, the stranglehold that Russia has on those areas. And so right now, Vladimir Putin is just waiting out Joe Biden. Because Republicans have correctly said, we need to know what the plan is here. And Joe Biden is not articulating a plan. Now Putin is simply waiting it out. So over the course of last week, Putin said that they're going to increase the strikes on Ukraine. Putin's bet all the way along here has been very simple. I'm going to outlast the United States. The history of Russian war making is expend way too much material and way too many men in pursuit of a military goal because the history of Russian military conquest says we don't really care very much about our own citizens and we are willing to throw hundreds of thousands and millions of people at a problem. Going all the way back to World War I, the Russians were perfectly willing to sacrifice millions and millions of people charging frontally blocked positions, charging machine gun positions with no weaponry. So the idea that they are going to expend lots and lots, like that's actually part of the Russian military mentality. The notion that he's going to be pushed off the ball by Joe Biden basically saying Zelensky can make the case here. Like that, that's not going to do it. So Putin is going to continue to ratchet up the pressure, which is what he's doing. Russian leader Vladimir Putin said moments ago that Russia will increase its airstrikes on Ukraine in the coming days, weeks and months. This comes as Ukraine says that Odessa on the Black Sea coast came under assault from unmanned Russian drones just hours into the new year. One person died. At least nine were injured. And basically, Putin is betting that the West is simply going to give up on this. And the reality is that because of fails, failures to articulate the goals and the strategies, the West may, in fact, give up on Ukraine. Now, if that happens, it is much more likely that China is going to become ever more militant. China is watching a West in retreat around the globe from powers that should not have the West in retreat. Forget about Russia, which is a nuclear armed power. When you look in the Middle East, the fact that the West is being basically challenged by a bunch of ragtag pirates in the Red Sea is totally insane. The fact that the West is somehow hand-wringing over a democratic ally, Israel, trying to destroy a terrorist group, Hamas, that just committed the worst act of, of Jew murder since World War II. And the, and the West is sitting around hand-wringing, what do we do? What do we do? How far should the Israelis go? China's watching all of that, and they can see it. That is a West in retreat. So over the weekend, the U.S. Navy sank three Houthi boats that were attacking a merchant ship in the Red Sea. This is according to ABC News. U.S. Navy helicopters returned fire and sank three small boats carrying Houthi militants in the Red Sea on Sunday after U.S. warships responded to a distress call from a merchant vessel, according to military officials. A Maersk container ship, the Singapore-flagged Hangzhou, issued a distress call at about 6.30 a.m. local time, according to CENTCOM. The merchant vessel said four small boats were attacking it. Helicopters from two U.S. ships, USS Eisenhower and the USS Gravely, responded and issued verbal calls to the small boats, according to U.S. officials. Now, remember, the Biden administration delisted the Houthis as a terrorist group when they came into power. And right now, you basically have U.S. military assets that are sitting out there and having to wait to blow up these tiny inflatables being driven by illiterate morons with badly programmed drones. It's insane. Meanwhile, Iran is upping the game. Iran's Alborz warship has now entered the Red Sea, according to the semi-official Tasnim News Agency and Reuters. Tasnim did not give details on the Alborz mission. They said Iranian warships had been operating in open waters to secure shipping routes, combat piracy, and carry out other tasks since 2009. So there's the fear that Iran may be upping its game. Meanwhile, what is the 
Obama, what is the Biden administration doing? According to the Jerusalem Post, a U.S. aircraft carrier is now being removed from this area. So as the challenges are being upped against shipping in the Red Sea, the U.S. is removing the USS Gerald Ford. Instead, it's heading out of the Mediterranean. To go where exactly? Where else is there a massive sea problem that requires the help of the of, of this U.S. battleship? Like, what, what? why is the Ford leaving? No one exactly knows. So Iran is upping its aggressiveness in this area. And meanwhile, the United States is withdrawing an American aircraft carrier. China is looking on and thinking to itself, man, we're fools. If given our current economic situation, we don't make a move for Taiwan. Again, all the bills are going to come due this year. All the bills are going to come due this year. And that, by the way, it's only going to get worse if the United States continues to strain its relationship with Israel over Israel getting rid of an overtly evil terrorist group in Hamas, which has embedded itself in a civilian population, forcing Israel to sacrifice hundreds of its own soldiers. And also, if the United States says to Israel that Israel cannot go after Hezbollah to protect its own citizens in the north. And weakness is taken in world politics as a sign that you are ready to allow the bad guys to win. And China knows this, which is why China is getting more aggressive. According to the Wall Street Journal, Chinese leader Xi Jinping has now urged his countrymen to brace for more economic challenges in the year ahead, sounding a cautious note as a string of weak readings highlights the many headwinds facing the world's second largest economy. He said on the path ahead, winds and rains are the norm. Some companies are facing business pressures. Some people are running into difficulties finding jobs and in their daily living. All of this could easily be the predicate to the idea that the Chinese window is closing and they need to move and they need to move right now while Joe Biden is president, as in this year. Don't be surprised if a lot of the hotspots around the globe start to heat up even more. We'll get to more bills that are about to come due, particularly for the American left in just one second. First, let's say that you, know, you decide to go on a boat ride. And this boat ride, it's on like an amazing new ship. It's like the best ship in the entire world. In fact, you're on this ship, you're kind of a stowaway, and suddenly the ship gets hit by an iceberg. Well, when you're not painting nude women, you might be drowning. And at that point, you might be thinking to yourself, man, I wish that I had gotten some life insurance from Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Their licensed agents work for you, not the insurance companies. That means you can trust their guidance. They don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another. There are no added fees. Your personal information is kept private. It's super satisfying to check life insurance off your to-do list. My wife and I have lots of life insurance. Very, very important to have this stuff because God forbid something should happen to you. Like the lady won't move over on the door and you're in freezing water and there's plenty of room on the door, but she just won't move up. Like if that happens to you, you're going to wish that you had life insurance from Policy Genius. Save time and money. Give your family a financial safety net with Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Also, it's time to start 2024 off right. The fight to reshape our culture has never been more crucial. At The Daily Wire, we are leading the charge. We've got amazing things lined up for you this year. We have a brand new series coming out called Mr. Bertram. It's The Daily Wire's first ever animated series. It features an all-star cast, including Roseanne Barr, Megan Kelly, Adam Carolla, and more. Plus, brace yourselves for The Daily Wire's highly anticipated series, The Pendragon Cycle. We are breathing new life into the Arthurian legend inspired by the works of acclaimed Christian novelist Stephen R. Lawhead. Filming just wrapped? Right now you can catch a sneak peek of what's to come with our incredible Pendragon Cycle production diaries at dailywire.com. Go check them out right now. And of course, the biggest election probably in American history, 2024 election is coming. The Election Wire is your source of truth, bringing you everything from the campaign trail to the debates and election day. 
for our younger audience, Daily Wire Plus members can now unlock our brand new kids app. Ben can't know additional cost. It's where you can find shows the kids love and parents can trust. And of course, you'll be the first to see Snow White and the Evil Queen featuring our very own Brett Cooper exclusively on Bent Key in 2024. Your Daily Wire Plus membership will give you more of me, Matt Walsh, Michael Moles, Andrew Clavin, Candace Owens, Jordan Peterson, PragerU. That's just the beginning. This will be the Daily Wire's biggest year ever. We can't do it without your support. Join the fight to reshape and take back our culture today at dailywire.com slash subscribe. And meanwhile, speaking of all the bills that are to come due, now, foreign policy has implications for how things work in America as well. The left-wing coalition in the United States has basically decided to make common cause with the most radical Jew haters in the country. It's an amazing thing. Like the, the, the fact that even the Biden administration, even as it's supportive of Israel, seems unwilling to full-scale condemn the activities of pro-Hamas rioters, and that's what you are seeing across the country, is truly an astonishing thing. It really is an amazing thing. In fact, over the course of the holiday, police arrested, according to the Daily Mail, pro-Palestinian protesters who blocked entry to New York City's John F. Kennedy Airport and LAX on one of the busiest travel days of the year. So first of all, they should have arrested them like immediately. They didn't. Instead, they allowed them to delay things for literally hours. It wasn't just that. It wasn't just that they delayed things. There were pro-Hamas people near JFK who literally released a giant balloon in an attempt to obstruct air traffic, which is actually dangerous. Like you can crash a passenger jet that way. And they did it in an attempt to stop the air traffic in solidarity with Hamas. According to the Daily Mail, travelers were forced to get out of their cars and walk to the airport with their luggage in New York after activists demanding a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war blocked the road, leading to one of the country's biggest and busiest airports on Wednesday. Police said 26 arrests were made for disorderly conduct and impeding vehicular traffic, and the roadway was reopened at 11.50 a.m. The police were notified of the protest activity around 11.30 a.m., just ridiculous and insipid, of course. The NYPD actively put out a statement, quote, if anyone is flying out of JFK Airport today, this is yesterday, please plan to travel to the airport ahead of time. There are planned protests today and will cause delays. We don't want anyone to miss their flights. Safe travels and Happy New Year. Or alternatively, you could just arrest people who are obstructing the traffic, like right away. You could just do that instead of allowing them to string their dumb banners all the way across the street. Fox 11 in Los Angeles, declared an unlawful, said that authorities declared an unlawful assembly when the pro-Hamas protesters blocked traffic outside LAX. Crew at the scene said the group of protesters carried signs. The red message was like, ceasefire is not enough and free Palestine. Apparently, it turned into a chaotic scene when police arrived around 9.30 a.m. and protesters reportedly ran off in different directions while some were taken into custody. By 10.10 a.m., a dozen protesters had been detained. And by the way, the, the pro-Hamas protesters spent their weekend basically ruining everybody else's weekend. Here were some pro-Hamas protesters occupying Boston Common over in Boston in anticipation of New Year's Eve activities. Now, just being delightful, as they always are. Ruining everybody's uh, New Year's Eve. While they, uh, while they accuse Israel of genocide on behalf of an actual genocidal terrorist group. Meanwhile, pro-Hamas protesters in New York City were chanting for the Houthis. Who's, um, it should be noted at this point that if you're chanting for the Houthis, you should summarily be exported from the United States. If you're not an American citizen, you have no right to be here. You should leave. Go away. The Houthi slogan, by the way, is, quote, God is the greatest. Death to America. Death to Israel. A curse upon the Jews. Victory to Islam. Here are protesters in New York City chanting in favor of the Houthis. Yemen, Yemen, make us proud! Yemen, Yemen, make us proud! 
Yemen, Yemen, make us proud. They're literally stopping shipping. Turn another. They're chanting in favor of attacking ships. All the like, if they, if any of these people are here in a green card, revoke the damned green card. Get out. Get out. And by the way, there will be consequences to the political party that decides to side with this crap. If you are the Democratic Party and you decide that you cannot expel these people from your midst, there should be political consequences to all of that. Protesters didn't just stop there. They set off smoke bombs on the Brooklyn Bridge last night. Just amazing stuff. Again, any party that decides that they need these people for allies deserves everything that it gets. The bills are all going to come due this year. There's one final bill that's going to come due this year as well, and it may come due today. Supposedly, some of the list of people who visited Epstein Island is going to come out today. Court filings, according to the Daily Mail, set to be unsealed, may determine who exactly went to Little St. James. That's uh, Jeffrey Epstein's rape island. According to the Daily Mail, the Jeffrey Epstein file set to be unsealed this week may finally reveal exactly how close that pedophile was with, say, Bill Clinton and whether or not the former president visited his private Caribbean island, Little St. James. The files, part of the defamation case Virginia Roberts brought against Ghislaine Maxwell, who is, of course, the procurer for Jeffrey Epstein, could give fresh insight into previous claims by Roberts that Clinton was on Petto Island, a claim later repeated by Clinton's former aide, Doug Band. Roberts said she saw Clinton go off into the night with a beautiful woman on each arm, which um, would be wildly in character for Bill Clinton. Clinton has adamantly denied ever being on Epstein's Island. Roberts made no allegations of wrongdoing by Clinton, nor is there any indication the sealed records contain evidence of illegal conduct by the former president. Although, of course, there is a photo of Clinton enjoying a neck massage from a Jeffrey Epstein victim in photographs obtained exclusively by the Daily Mail. He is sitting and laughing as a woman named Shantae Davies, then 22, and who acted as Epstein's personal masseuse, rubs his shoulders. Because why not, man? That, that's Bill Clinton all over. Just solid stuff there from uh, the former president of the United States. Who else will be in Epstein's files? Uh, it'll be fascinating to find out. That is a bill that is going to come due. Now, here's the thing. It feels like all the institutions are broken. All of them. The moral institutions, the elite who are supposed to lead us, those people, they're broken as well. In 2024, when it comes to the election, somebody is going to lose that election. All this is now being telescoped. Every bit of social disconnect, every bit of social fracturing is being telescoped into the 2024 election. And someone is going to win and someone is going to lose. And when that happens, all hell is likely to break loose. No matter who wins or who loses, things are going to get really Super ugly. And that is a consequence of the lies that have been told for years. Those lies eventually come due when you lie. People eventually feel the consequences of that lie. Both sides in America right now promise the moon and neither side actually acknowledges reality. So here are just some more realities that are going to keep slapping us in the face over and over and over again. America's enemies aren't simply going to stop because we decide to withdraw from the world. That's what we're seeing on foreign policy. Withdrawing from the world is not a solution. It just gets worse. The world becomes a worse place. Technology is not going to stop developing just because a politician promises you it will. And redistributionism is not going to be a mechanism for fixing any of that. Government is not the solution to life's unfairness. Far more often, it is the cause of life's unfairness. We can't keep spending endless amounts of money. That redistributionism, is not going to solve for lack of productivity. If you think the bill is going to come due in 2024, it's going to keep coming due because bills always come due. We have been living in the aftermath of the industrial era in which the United States had massive embedded advantages over the rest of the world due to the rest of the world basically collapsing during World War II. 
And the United States jetted far ahead of everybody else. And then we lived fat on the land. And it turns out that we undercut our own moral credibility by getting rid of all the intermediate social institutions. We got rid of churches. We got rid of families. And we decided we could be atomistic individuals who didn't even have to develop their own skills because we were so fat and we were so happy. And then if all that was bad, we could just borrow. We could have government fix all of our problems. The bill comes due on that stuff. Americans have put our failure to recognize reality on the credit card for generations, for generations. Don't worry, we'll always be able to pay for it later. Well, 2024 might be the year that we pay for it. It might be the year that we pay for it because we're always going to pay for it at some point. Now, meanwhile, it is fascinating to watch as the Republican primaries play out. So right now, if you look at the polling data, Donald Trump is well ahead in literally every state. In Iowa, the latest results from the polling data have Donald Trump up over his opposition by a significant margin. The Real Clear Politics polling average in Iowa has Donald Trump leading his opponents by up to 30 points. The New Hampshire primaries, Trump is leading his opponents by upwards of 20 points. If Trump wins Iowa, it may as well be all over but the crime. Now, remember, Iowa is a caucus state. The primary is taking place on the 15th of this month. So we now have about you know, a little under two weeks before the Iowa caucuses. It is quite possible that the polling results from Iowa are not going to be reflective of the actual results because, again, it's a very weird system. The way the Iowa caucuses work is that if your first choice does not make the runoff, then you can switch to your second choice. So let's say you vote for Nikki Haley and Nikki Haley isn't in the top two. It's Trump versus DeSantis. You can, your second choice then flips into play. So if you voted for Haley and then DeSantis, for example, then your vote would move from one to the other in terms of the top result. There's, there's all sorts of weirdnesses to the caucuses that don't really exist with regard to the other primaries. Suffice it to say that if Trump wins the Iowa caucuses, it is very difficult to see how exactly he doesn't win in New Hampshire, particularly because Nikki Haley has been making some boo-boos and because Chris Christie is still in the race. It is astonishing to me that Chris Christie continues to stick around. Chris Sununu, who is the governor of New Hampshire, who's backing Nikki Haley, he says, like, why is Christie even in this race? I'm so confused. Nikki Haley is the first female minority governor in the country's history. She's the one that stood up and insisted didn't take compromises, insisted that the Confederate flag get removed from the state house lawn. I don't think anyone's questioning uh, her credibility and credentials when it comes to race and equity and equality in this country. So folks understand that. They know what she's about. It's a non-issue. Chris Christie's a friend, but his race is at an absolute dead end. He's going to say anything he can. This is a two-person race, right? It's between Trump and Nikki Haley. Everybody understands that. He knows his voters who want to see Trump defeated are all coming over to Nikki Haley. Uh, in fact, the only person that wants Chris Christie to stay in the race is Donald Trump, right? I mean, think about the irony of that. So the fact that Chris is out there trying to attack or trying to make waves, that, that's not surprising. Again, these primaries, by the polling data and polls ain't elections, they're not particularly competitive at this point. The fact that Chris Christie is staying in and he has no shot at the nomination whatsoever is so insane. If he actually doesn't like Donald Trump the way he says he doesn't, staying in in New Hampshire makes no sense at all. But Chris Christie is such a creature of ego. It is absolutely astonishing. Over the course of the last week, Nikki Haley came in for some serious criticism while we were off the air because she was asked about the causes of the Civil War and she gave this answer. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you. Please, um, what was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? Hey, now, she was racked up and down for this. Now, the cause of the Civil War was indeed slavery, although at the beginning of the Civil War, Lincoln said it was not slavery. 
And Lincoln did openly say at the beginning of the Civil War that it was about the retaining the union of the country and that if he could retain the union of the country by retaining slavery, he would do it. So slavery was the underlying issue that drove a wedge into the middle of the union, obviously. And that's why you had the Confederate states that were pro-slavery and the Northern states that were not pro-slavery. And the Civil War effectively ended with the abolition of slavery. With that said, what Nikki Haley is saying is secondarily correct, that you did have an argument that was taking place over the powers of the federal government versus the power of state government, and in which Abraham Lincoln made the case that the Declaration of Independence is guaranteed of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness ought to be extended to everyone who lived in the United States and should be a citizen of the United States, including, of course, black Americans. But this provided an opening for everybody to attack Nikki Haley, which was a boo-boo that she could really not afford. She did clarify her statements a little bit later. Here's what she had to say. You know, I've done 150 town halls, more than that now. And we shake every hand, we answer every question, and I stay until the last person leaves. And we take questions from everybody, Republicans, Democrats, independents, whoever shows up. We don't screen them, we let them ask whatever they want. And we had a question there. And yes, of course, the first thing I should have said was slavery. I completely agree with that. When you grow up in the South, Slavery is a given. Like when you think of the Civil War, you know it was about slavery. That's not, you know, that's never been in question. And, you know, you look at the fact I'm a Southern governor who actually asked and got the Confederate flag to come down in front of the state house. Hey, again, the, the fact that she had to defend herself on this, does anyone really believe that Nikki Haley is like pro-slavery or doesn't understand the Civil War? Of course not. These sort of weird questions. And the, it doesn't mean she didn't give a bad answer there. She did give a bad answer there as she had to clarify. But is any of this going to matter at all? Probably not. Other things that don't matter, anything Donald Trump says or does. <laughs> this has been the entire dynamic of the primaries is that no matter what Trump does, and I think it's one of the reasons why, for example, DeSantis supporters are almost beside themselves because they're saying we're more conservative than everything Donald Trump says he is for. And yet no one seems to care. The big case of that over the course of the last week is that Donald Trump has been calling for the defunding of the FBI because the FBI, of course, has been militarized against him in a wide variety of ways. Well, he then said that he wanted a new FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. He put out a statement saying, quote, the FBI headquarters should not be moved to a faraway location, but should stay right where it is in a new spectacular building in the best location on our now crime ridden and filthy, dirty, graffiti scarred capital. They should be involved in bringing back D.C., not running away from it, especially the violent crime. There was talk about moving it outside of Washington, D.C., Fellow Republicans were like, what the hell? Like, aren't you the one who's been railing against the FBI? Governor DeSantis said Donald Trump failed to drain the swamp, so perhaps it is not surprising that he is seeking to deepen the swamp by building a massive new FBI building in D.C. Actually, draining the swamp requires taking power out of D.C., not cementing power inside D.C. You know, with that said, is that going to have any impact on Trump? Of course not. It's not going to have any impact on Trump. This is why I say that when it comes to the 2024 election, basically only exogenous circumstances are going to change how the election goes. Everyone has their opinion of Trump. Everybody has their opinion of Biden. That kind of is what it is. Okay, I would be remiss if I did not comment at the beginning of this year on a couple of new laws to take effect in my old home state of California. I got to say, the dumbest state in America, truly an idiotic state, or at least governed by idiots. So California has now announced that they have gender-neutral toy aisles mandated in law. So in California, if you open a toy shop, you must have a gender-neutral toy aisle. The law, which went into effect on Monday, stems from a 2021 bill in the California legislature requiring toy retailers with a physical location in the state and at least 500 employees to maintain a gender-neutral section or area to be labeled at the discretion of the retailer. 
California Assembly member Evan Lowe said he was inspired to introduce this bill by an eight-year-old girl who asked, why should a store tell me what a girl's shirt or toy is? So first of all, you should never be inspired by anything a child says. Just going to tell you, not, not to make political action anyway. I'm inspired by my children all the time. Their wonder at the world. I am not inspired by their generalized wisdom because they're children. That's stupid. And my kids ask dumb questions all the time. The answer to why should a store tell me what a girl's shirt or a toy is, is the marketing people at the company are seeking to make it clear to parents where they can go for the quickest access to, say, a doll or a Nerf gun. That is why. Doesn't mean you can't get a gift for your, your daughter from the boy toys. And doesn't mean the opposite. But, like, by and large, my son likes Nerf guns and footballs. And my daughters like girly things because boys and girls are real things that exist in the world. The fact that California is now mandating this nonsense is so ridiculous. By the way, of course, they're just targeting the big retailers. If you're a small toy store, they understand that it would look really bad to go after like mom and pop's toy shop because they have a girl aisle with dolls and a boy aisle with footballs. Her bill will help children express themselves freely and without bias. We need to let kids be kids said low. First of all, these kids aren't shopping for themselves. They're like eight. My kid doesn't have a credit card. Is yours? If so, you're doing it wrong. It's weird. I'm with them. Stores failing to comply with the new law could be subjected to a $250 penalty for the first violation and up to 500 bucks for subsequent infraction, according to the bill text outline. We should all have compassion for individuals experiencing gender dysphoria, said California Family Council President Jonathan Keller. But activists and state legislators have no right to force retailers to espouse government-approved messages about sexuality and gender. By the way, one of the great things about supposed gender-neutral districts and areas that they very often tend to exacerbate exactly the gender differentiation that is reality. So if you go to the Nordic countries, for example, they have all sorts of social welfare programs that are designed to alleviate the differences between men and women. And so women, because of all those welfare programs, tend to go into fields that women like to go into and men tend to go into, you know, like engineering and stuff. That's not the only stupid California law going into effect. A new California law will also create an emergency alert system called an ebony alert. What exactly is an ebony alert? It's a new kind of alert for when a black youth or young black woman is reported missing under unexplained or suspicious circumstances. So why exactly do you need an ebony alert as opposed to, you know, just like an amber alert? Because apparently, apparently nothing. Like there's there's no actual rationale other than the suggestion that black people are being treated in discriminatory fashion by the Amber Alerts, which is just insane. California, world's dumbest area. No wonder they want Gavin Newsom to run for president. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll get to an interesting debate between Bill Maher and Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy fame on vaccination. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So 
I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 